Sonic States. Hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 123. This is live on Wednesday the 25th of March. We'll be uh, putting the recorded edited version hopefully up online tomorrow on Thursday the 26th of March. If you want to participate in the live show, uh, we're now using Shoutcast which seems to be working a lot better than any of the other uh, online services we had. You can find us at sonicstate.com forward slash live. Uh, You can join us in a live chat room and listen to the recording as it happens. So I'd like to say hello and welcome to all of our guests in the chat room i've got a, a a nice good crew we're into double figures hooray <laughs> um but maybe this is going to be increased now that we can actually um rely on the audio or maybe i'm speaking too soon anyway so um with me live uh, as in sort of in person rather than just in text i've got uh, pj tracy emmy winning pj any <laughs> emmy winning pj tracy from minneapolis how are you pj I'm fantastic. And yourself? Yeah, good. So uh, PJ Tracy Music is where you can go to find all things for PJ, your PJ needs. And um, who should we have next? Well, it's going to be Dave Spears, obviously, because he's the only guest who's here at the moment. Uh, Dave Spears, G4 Software. How are you, mate? I'm all right, yes. Yes, and you? Yeah, good. G4software.com. Obviously, um, I'm, uh, well, we've been kind of running around doing all the prep for Music Messer because it's the second largest show of the year. Uh, we're only going for a couple of days this this year because it's so darned expensive to get a hotel there. We just figured it's not worth the extra, you know, the extra night. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's all going to be happening next week. And, mm-hmm. of course, there are rumours and things. Um, Dave, I understand you're not going this year. Uh, no, several reasons. First of all, I've done my back in lifting all this gear around in the studio, so that's not going to be very good for pacing around on the hard concrete floor and sitting on a plane. No. Um, secondly, we're, uh, my time is probably best served here, getting a few things finished. I see. And last but not least, I don't think MAUDIO have got a stand. No, I think you might be right. They've got a couple of <laughs> meeting rooms. And yes. um, I think some of the MLDO people get to hang around at the um, at the Digi booth because they've obviously got a live presence because um, they're doing because the Digi Design Live Desk is uh, really taken off. But yeah, Mesa seems to be one of those things that people abandon first, don't they? If they're trying to cut back in any way on expense expenses, Mesa is one of the first to go. I don't think Native Instruments are there this year. There's probably a bunch of people who aren't as well. So, yeah, always surprising when um, you don't see people whose own country it is. It's probably cheaper for them to go to California. That's what the bizarre thing, isn't it? It's mental. I mean, the hotel prices in Frankfurt now are just getting beyond a joke, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are indeed. Okay. Uh, I just had a message from Rich. He's not going to be able to make it. Ah, I got Mark, though. Let's see if we can get Mark in. Hello? Mark. Hello. What are you doing today, then? I've been to London to visit... Not the Queen, actually. I've been to London to visit Duran Duran. <laughs> and I've dropped off a whole load of tape machines there, and I've collected a whole load of master tapes, and now I'm driving up the A1. So you've been what? You've been picking up multi-tracks? More work to do? From the old uh, Akai Adam machines, actually. Oh, uh, right. Did you find a machine? So you're transferring multi-tracks from Adam to, um, to disc somewhere, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So you found an Adam machine that works, then? I've got about six of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
just in case one goes down. Two of them work, definitely. One of them's been serviced, one of them's brand new, a brand new low-hours machine. Another one is brand new and has some kind of an error on it, I don't know why. And then I've got two that haven't been serviced, which I don't trust. No. And one completely dead one. Right. Somewhere around the end of this, we'll probably keep two machines and have some for sale if anybody else is ever trying to do the same thing I'm doing. Uh, okay. All right. Well, um, Sam, thanks for joining us anyway. Uh, Mark Tinley can be found at aspergineering.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, we were just talking about music matter. Obviously, you're not going, but uh, there are rumours. Has anyone heard any good rumours? I'll start off with a couple. There's a, there's a dope for dark energy monosynth, which is a sort of standalone monosynth, uh, which is a traditional uh, subtractive VCO filter, VCA. I and mean, it's also got a USB and MIDI. Um, for about 400 euros that they're going to be debuting at the show. Um, what was the other thing I saw? Um, RME have got uh, some kind of 32-channel uh, audio, uh, analog audio interface, which looks quite nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to cost, um, but we'll check that. It's called the M32AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, have you heard any- anything exciting? Uh, no. Excellent. I- Nothing, sorry. <laughs> Nothing. Well, it's it's funny because sometimes with a show like this, um, because it's so soon after NAM, you know, in sort of uh, in real terms, I suppose, people sort of feel like perhaps it's going to be um, a bit bereft of any uh, any releases. But I suspect there's going to be a few things. We're going to go and see. Um, there's some new stuff from uh, AAS. Uh, they're doing a new version of their Strum. I'm quite interested. So when you're wandering around, see if there's something called Livewire. It's a sort of modular thing going on. It might might even be on the super booth, but uh, I'm quite interested in that. They're, they're really good, those, actually. Yeah, I'm the modular, yeah, really good That's things. one thing that I'm really looking forward to, the super booth. I don't know if anyone's, if anyone's ever seen our videos from NAM, uh, from Mesa, we always go visit the super booth, and that's uh, a crazy, the crazy guy, uh, Andreas, from Schneider's Buero, who is one of the best sort of European synth dealers based in Berlin. They're brilliant. Uh, released a book recently. So he's a crazy guy with sort of brilliant energy. And uh, he didn't do one last year, but he's going to do one this year. Um, so uh, we're really going to have some fun hanging out there. I don't know, PJ, I guess you've probably never been to Mesa, but have you heard of any rumours or looking forward to anything that might, uh, you know, might be coming out? I have not been to Mesa. <clears throat> and the only rumour that I've heard is through you that uh, <clears throat> Melodyne is not releasing DNA. Is that is that correct? I don't believe so, no. They're just going to be, you know, work in progress still. That's that's a shame. Looking forward to that. But other than that, no, I haven't heard any anything at all. Mm. Uh, Artopia, of course, Mike Brown, Livewire. How could I forget um, Artopia? Oh, yeah. I think Artopia is involved in Livewire somehow. So uh, hello to you, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, I don't suppose, um, is there anything that you're looking forward to? Would you like them to maybe re-release a new um, Adam... A multi-track compatible <laughs> device that you could use. Well, actually, I could quite like a uh, a USB drive for a Macintosh that reads Atari floppy disk, so I can archive them before they melt. That would be quite good fun. You I can. Yeah, you. Ju- all you on. need. All you need is a um uh, a USB floppy drive. You can just buy those anywhere. They should read uh, single density, yeah, double density. Format, well, for the later. Atari discs, if you formatted them as IBM discs to start with, yes, you can. But the earlier ones, I don't think it reads them. You can get an emulator, can't you, for a Mac? Uh, yes, but it still won't read the really early discs. Oh. 
because I'm, and actually I know how to hack them and you just change something in one on track 11 or track 7 or something you change uh, one of the bits and bytes to, to change it so that it, it in fact it is an IBM formatted disk but it tells the computer that it's not so although the format's exactly the same as IBM format the flag in the header on the track oh, okay. of the floppy drive Tells it something else, so you have to go and change that manually. Oh, well, in, in, uh, in the chat room, in the chat room, the, the Circuit Symphony says you can do that with something called Disk Image Maker. He does it on the PC, also, he says. Ah, okay. So, well, that's exactly what I want to do. I just want to image all the disks and save them on the hard drive. Maybe you'd be kind enough to. I will, I'll send it to you. It doesn't sound like there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, pre information, but it does. I think it's going to be, um, there, there is going to be a bunch of things there that we're going to go and see. We've got our appointments sort of stacking up, so we're looking forward to uh, to going to the show. Uh, show coverage starts from Music Messer on the 1st of April. Uh, we'll be there. Um, we're doing it in widescreen, hopefully, um, all being well. Um, so there'll be a different format for the video. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a load of stuff, uh, which is kind of, you know, Messer cam from the phone, for, uh, hopefully, going to be putting that up thick and you know fast and dirty as well to complement that so uh watch out for the stuff as it comes over the next probably the next few days from from the first to the fourth of course it's the first yeah april fools oh man i wish i was going do you think we'll we'll get there and it'll all be um it'll be a joke and it wasn't on uh we were going to release the stylophone melaman you could morph between exactly the same sounds of a stylophone (laughs) i've given it away now haven't i well, only to a select few. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you have, rather. <laughs> oh, well. And whatever you think about Chris Martin, I know some people like, some people dislike. Coldplay were playing um, at uh, Sound Relief in Sydney uh, earlier in March. And they, this is a, a great, it was a couple of benefits, one in Melbourne, one in Sydney, for the, the, the victims of the fires in Australia which is a great, you know, obviously a great cause. And they raised five million US dollars, which is fantastic. And it looked like a great gig. So um, there was, what, at one point, Chris Martin just jumps out up of the, out of, uh, off his piano and uh, legs it, jumps over the security barriers and just ran into the audience and sort of ran through the crowd. And I was just saying, wow, can you imagine? There must have been, what, 20, 30, 40,000, maybe, I don't know, a lot of people there. Can you imagine what the poor security guards must have been? Because it did look very hot. Did you see that, Dave? I did. Brilliant. I love things like this. Because a lot of rock concerts are a bit all, they're a bit all rehearsed now, aren't they? A bit too over-rehearsed, let's say. I like this spontaneity, and particularly I like making security people panic. I think he certainly did that. They, they were, <laughs> the poor cameraman as well was trying to follow him, sort of ra- running around the arena, and they, at one point, you know, you see his head bob up, and then he finally makes it back on stage. And, um, you know, I don't know what the band were thinking. They were just kind of riffing around the same four-bar loop, kind of, okay, what's going to happen now? Is it? <laughs> but it was pretty spectacular, pretty spectacular. I and mean, it must have been quite exhilarating for him, but also, couldn't it have gone horribly wrong? I've seen some fun stuff with Iggy Pop. But actually, Peter Gabriel, do you remember he used to do that kind of backflip into the audience and they used to kind of carry him over their heads? Wow. Probably can't do it anymore. I would but, have I mean, thought so. Throughout the whole of the 80s, he used to do that. I remember this girl that I was going out with quite fancied him, and she was straight down the front. So, I mean, God knows what happened to his testicles. <laughs> there were people dabbling in his nether regions as he was being think, passed around. I think so. <laughs> I know, Mark, you must have, you know, in the Duran days, some of the crazy stuff going on there. Was there any of that sort of thing going on? Yeah, Simon used to do that very thing same thing leap off the stage into the crowd God, I bet. and run 
run, and in, you know, like those arenas you get in the States, you yeah. used to run all the way up to the back of one of those and then kind of make his way back. With a, with a handheld mic, so that must have been a nightmare for the sound guy for feedback and stuff. Still singing. And kind of panting desperately as people were grabbing him and he just made his way back to the stage. But yeah, he used to do that and it was terrifying to watch because I was sure he was going to get Bloody, I don't know, God knows what could happen, really. So what, I mean, you must see that sort of thing. What happens? Does the head of security come up and give you a lecture and say, I can't guarantee your safety if you do this, that, or the other? Or do they just have to take it on the chin? How does it work? I'd take it on the chin. I think he thought Simon was nuts, but Simon got this thing of doing it for, like, a whole leg of this tour. And then I think he hurt his knee and then decided he had to stop doing it because he hurt his knee, maybe right because i mean i imagine you know if you're the tour promoter and all that you know all of these things and just you're probably just sitting there just with your fist in your mouth going please 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 nothing terrible happened this would be a, yeah. yes exactly <laughs> oh god i mean I'm, uh, what about tour insurance i mean he was insured when his voice went and they sort of paid up when his voice went and an entire tour party of 24 crew members and and sound systems you know, higher and everything else, all got paid for while he was off sick for a week or so. But if you jump into the audience and you get mauled to death or half to death by the crowd and then you're off for a couple of weeks, do you think the insurance would cover, you know, all the trucking companies and the sound companies and all the people's wages to keep them on retainer and all that sort of stuff? Because I can't see that it would. No, that's what's so amazing, I suppose, now, because the tours themselves are so you know they're so monetized and so sort of focused on kind of replacing the sales revenue of of records i mean maybe not for coldplay but for a lot of other people you'd just be terrified that something awful would happen you know anyway that was quite fun i'll put the link in the show notes i don't know if pj's back he had to step away for a moment but um let's move on to our next topic with a silent drum control i know dave your drums are probably on your mind at the moment just because there's a little bit of uh, um well what can i say there's um there's some drums um, coming up on your horizon, perhaps. Anyway, I'll play this. See if you think it sounds anything like drums. That was the sound of the silent drum, the silent drum controller, which is, uh, bizarrely enough, um, created by somebody called Jamie Oliver, who was awarded first place at the Guthman Musical Instrument Competition in Georgia Tech Centre, Music Technology, GTGMT. Uh, and I, I, it was a really quite an interesting concept. I, I was thinking, wow, this is quite, um, quite a good idea. And what it is essentially, it, it looks like a piece of latex or something stretched over a transparent drum with a camera behind it, and that you, you poke your hand or your fingers into the drum skin and move it around and it kind of controls uh, the sound. And I thought it was a great idea, but I didn't hear much in the sort of drumming department, but uh, nice, nice concept, don't you think? Dave? 
Mm, yeah, I was quite intrigued by this. I did want to hear a bit more drummy, drummy stuff, but uh, yeah, no, quite impressed. Very impressed. Actually, if Jamie Oliver, and it isn't obviously the Jamie Oliver, isn't it? Otherwise, The, the UK chef, yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're listening, let me know, because I'm going to go into a very, very good studio with a world-class percussionist, and my job will be to babysit him with electronic stuff, and this may be very good. Ooh. Hey, do you want, you want to borrow my hand, Sonic? Oh, definitely, please. How do you, how can I get that to you? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll bring your performer, uh, whatever it's called, back. Vimona performer. Okay. Yes. Sh- all right. And <laughs> and we'll just do a swap. Okay. That seems fair. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nice. Uh, this, this, I found this on, um, uh, this is on Future Music blog. Um, not Future Music, the publisher, but there's futuremusic.com. Um, and uh, it did. Look, I did actually try to go to the um, Silent Drum Controller website, but um, the user had exceeded his bandwidth and it wasn't available. So they're obviously uh, waiting till his billing period is, um, is is reset so that they can turn his website back on, which is a shame. Um, anybody else uh, care to comment? Mark, did you see this? I really liked it. I was expecting to hear drums, and then I heard that noise, and I thought, "Wow!" So that's right up my. That's it. It's like. Yeah, really, um, a really kind of unique and interesting um, sort of device, which I think could probably have more you know, some more percussive uh, applications. Uh, Dave, did you say you were trying to get hold of a wave drum for this session as well? Yeah, yeah. Any luck with that? Uh, no. That's a sort of legendary piece of equipment, isn't it? Because that was the, the Korg wave drum was, uh, uh, was... Was I wrong? Did it cost some ludicrous amount of money? It was like two grand or something when it was first came out. It was a huge amount of money. In fact, bizarrely enough, uh, I suppose he's my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law's brother. Uh, we did the review in Sound on Sound with it, and when I was chucking away my Sound on Sounds, I actually kept that one because I thought, ah, I'll send him this because there's loads of pictures of him using it. Um, but, I mean, it just didn't sell anything. I think, I know Eric Persing uses one, um, but in the UK, I don't know anyone who's got one. It was, wasn't it? It was a sort of counter to the Simmons, wasn't it? And it just never took off. But, I mean, hardly surprising. It was so expensive. I mean, imagine a whole drum kit made of wave drums. It would have cost about... 20 grand <laughs> my goodness yeah 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 no i mean but very very expressive particularly for you know like i say a traditional percussion player you could get all sorts of nuances out of it mm. uh, and and some brilliant sounds I'd, I'd love to try one i'd love to play one um for those who are wondering why mark sounds uh, like he has a cold we're actually uh, uh having the, he's he's participating via his mobile phone so uh that's why he's a bit muffled and sort of far away sounding so but i think he yeah i think he's all right you are all right aren't you mark I am all right. I'm travelling at 70 miles an hour north. (laughs) You're not driving, though. I'm not saying anything about that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have a very quiet car, and the noise gating on your uh, mobile phone device is very effective. I've got a mute button, so Uh, if I'm just listening, I'm muting. Okay, well, that's probably quite a good plan. It's like sound engineering on the move, isn't it? (laughs) It sort of is, yeah. 
<laughs> mute yourself uh, anyway i think at this point i'm going to um say a big thank you to uh the first of our show sponsors uh and which is an exciting news i'll tell you a bit more about that later but uh, i want to say a big thank you to roland uk who've been sponsoring the podcast since the beginning of the year uh they would like to uh, draw your attention to the phantom g8 which is an 88 key weighted work uh, synthesizer workstation it has the pha2 ivory feel weighted keys it's got 256 megabytes of uh, wave rom which is twice the capacity of its predecessor two times arx expansion slots eight and a half inch color lcd display with mouse connectivity 16 part multi-timbral an audio midi sequence with 128 tracks including 24 audio tracks uh, They'd like you to take a test drive uh, and you need to go to roland.co.uk slash phantom G. So go check them out. We'd like to say thank you very much again for their continued sponsorship. So anyway, uh, let's move on to our next topic, which is uh, it's an, also another drumming one, which I'll play. And this is kind of funny. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll play this and then I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell you why I thought it was so amusing. What can this strange device be? Let me tell you what they are. These are my jam air drum sticks a revolutionary product that just came out that allows you to be the inner rock star you always wanted to be without any inventory in front of you in the comfort of your own home. You've got a hi-hat right there. How about your snare drum? Ooh. You even got yourself a funny little bass pedal it comes with. That was something I couldn't believe. Maybe you just want to crash the cymbal. Or maybe just dig it up a bit. That is something. Sure is. That's the MyJam Airdrum Pro, which, uh, bizarrely, I was looking at this. I, I can't remember where this came from, actually, but it was... This is this. You'd think this guy was the sales guy, but he wasn't. He was just a really excited punter. Um, and he sort of reminded me a little bit of the, um, the criminal guy from uh, The Simpsons, dude. <laughs> but... These things, I, I just remember when I was a kid, I really wanted to play the drums. And obviously, you know, I couldn't have a drum kit. So what I used to do is I used to get tennis rackets, sit on them. So I'd have one sticking out either side and, and I'd sort of have three. I'd have one either side of me and then one in the middle. And I'd kind of put tracing paper and stuff on one of them to make it sound like a snare. And I'd just drum away. You know, I made myself some drumsticks. And I was just thinking, if this was around when I was a kid, I would have been so chuffed. It was only 44, well, 45 quid. So I guess what that'd be equivalent to about 100 quid when I was a so I guess it would have been kind of expensive, but it, it, you don't hit anything. The air, the sticks you just hold and you sort of wave them around. And depending on where you position your hands, I don't know how the hell it works. Uh, it plays more. It plays a particular kind of drum. Dave, are you an air? Have you ever? Are you an air drummer? Do you sit and drum to things in the car as you're driving along? Obviously, with one hand on the wheel. Yeah, it's not in the car. No, I think the last time I air drummed was on the podcast to uh, Slaves to the Rhythm. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Was it the Phil? Bam, 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 bam. That one. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> took me bloody ages to learn. Um, uh, I think these are fantastic. If for no other reason that they hit the 11 on the annoyance scale, I could imagine sort of, you know, just walking around with these, just annoying everybody. Because they don't really sound very good, do they? Well, no, but I mean, he didn't have a... Uh, that was coming out of the crappy speaker that comes with it. It has actually got a line out. Um, uh, let me let me give you the bullet points. Would you like to hear what the features are? Wireless drumsticks which simulate a full drum set. You can perform snare drum, tom tom, floor tom, crash cymbal, hi hat, blah 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 blah. Wireless bass drum foot pedal, wireless speaker included, six built-in rhythms, audio out jack, and audio in cable. I mean, mm. I rest my case. Rob GS says, "Can't you do that with the Wii remote these days?" And well, that's true, but 
the Wii Remote is about 30 quid, so you need at least two of them. So it's going to cost you more, and you need a computer for to get any sound out of it. So this is self-contained. I can see maybe this having having some kind of hit factor. I love it. I think I might get some. It could be. He's, he's a sort of great advert for it. Anyone who says revolutionary a lot in a demo is my kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not sure about revolutionary. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I like the idea of it. I really do. Mm. Mark. That man was so full on. He was, was wasn't he? Like, I was thinking, oh, my God, what, what has he doing? He's like and a wrestler, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. WWF. And he was kind of like, and you've got a hi-hat here. And missed a couple of the drums, didn't he, as he was sort of doing it. And I just thought, this is just rubbish. And then he put some music on at the end. It was Rush, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. And he said, I'm going to play along to this. And I mean, he was really, really good. I he was, was wasn't he? Oh, my God. Unless you just couldn't hear him. I mean, it sounded really good in the track as well. And, well, he appeared to be hitting all the right sounds for all the right... Uh, and stuff, but it sounded like the machine in the track. And I thought the guy's probably like really passionate about this and has spent years learning how to play these imaginary drums. I think you might be right. I've got a real vision of this guy's life. You know, <laughs> a, snap, a snapshot right there. <laughs> when he missed the drum, he kind of pulled a face. Like, oh no, man. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that face was sort of like, look how hard I'm hitting these drums, or if it was... Um, Whoops, I missed that one. Yeah. I imagine it'd be pretty bad for your wrists, though, because you don't get any of the bounce back or anything. PJ, did you hear it? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Birthday gifts and Christmas gifts for a couple of years to come for drummer but friends of mine. I actually seem to remember, you know, because I started out, because um, drum controllers used to be very, very expensive, and I remember um, I used to have, uh, what was it, a Yamaha DD, DD1 or DD10, 5 or something like that, and I used to have little pads, and, I, and it had a MIDI out. And I remember using that or trying to use it. It was always a bit latent. But, I mean, occasionally you get these things that are actually quite useful for sort of inputting stuff. I had a Roland Pad 5. That was good, actually. A little tiny thing with five pads on it, which you could play with your hand or you could play it with stick, with MIDI hours. I had a Roland Octopad. That, that was a great controller. Love that one. Yeah, the SPD-20. And uh, I've got Hand Sonic, as I said earlier, and I, I really like that. You, can't, you don't really want to hit that uh, with sticks, though. It's more for, for hands. But it does. It, it, when you really get into it, you've got to, you, it hurts your fingers. I, you probably get conga player fingers, and I'm not a conga player, so it sort of hurts a bit. But, you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. Anybody that can air drum that well to Rush I, yeah. I definitely, has definitely sold me. I mean, he was full on. He was good. He was good. He says, I'm going, I'm going to play along to the professor today. And I'm like, oh, this guy must know what he's doing. And he did. The last concert I did with the choir, there was a blues band playing with us as well on the same night. And the drummer from that band was playing a Roland R8, I think, or an R10. Right, uh, there was an R. Right, was there an R sixteen? Maybe I don't know. There was an there was an R seven seventy or an R seventy or something, an R eight and an R seventy, weren't there? Okay. Right. Well, he was pl- he was actually just playing the drum machine, playing the pads on the drum machine. It had a sort of a strip that could do variations on the sound for the shuffle and stuff. But that was quite mm. interesting because I knew it was a drum machine, but I couldn't understand how they got the drum machine playing in time with the guitarist and bassist who started the song. But then actually what was happening was he was really playing the drum. So he was doing like all of the kicks, snare, hats, and toms, fills, crashes, and everything. 
Oh, okay. Just with his hand. It was really impressive. There's that, there's that guy who I forget what his name is, but he was at NAM and he's at the major trade shows and he plays an Alesis HR16. Have you seen him, Dave? No. He just, uh, he's on, I think he's not on the, he's oh, on yeah. one, he, he play, yeah. and he just plays an Alesis uh, HR16 and he triggers all the sounds and he's amazing. He usually plays with like a five string bass player or something and they just have a, a sort of uh, a, a kind of drum and bass workout and it's really impressive and he usually demos people's uh, drum sound library so he has his laptop with you know bfd or whatever you know the equivalent and um and then he uh he just triggers it from his hr16 and he's really 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 um uh, good at it basically really really good is that the guy that, that the guy that demos addictive drums Mike yeah. or somebody or it might well be yeah did yeah. the hr16 have velocity sensitive pads i believe so yeah, huh. I believe so. Not, not, not. I don't think they were 127 steps. I think they were maybe, you know, less. But I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, two. I'm trying on, to remember. I had off. an SR16, but I'm trying to remember whether or not they. I thought that that was just 127, <laughs> pretty much. Just on, 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 on. Yeah. 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 For the Bill Bruford road drill noise. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I was a full-blown Simmons man myself. I remember really, really, really hankering after the. The uh, what was it? The Simmons SDX was that it? The one that had that kind of massive. It was like a uh, one of those um, baby car seats. Yes, and my favourite. I had a trackball, and it was oh wow! I remember going to see someone in the studio. Had two of them, and I was just in awe of it. But you had didn't you have floppy disks and stuff? It just looked like it was. It looked like one of the. It looked like something that um, Ripley would have in Aliens. You know, it looked like you know some kind of bomb that you have to plant in the centre of the mothership to kill the aliens. It just looked absolutely. <laughs> It's probably about the same price as the nuclear weapon as well. <laughs> Unbelievable. Tell me how good up. it was. I never, ever got to actually play with one. They were really good. I did a whole CD-ROM thing with Bruford, uh, and there were three zones, and each of the zones you could stack velocities and samples and all sorts of stuff. It was very, very good. In fact, talking about the Spandau Ballet reformation in the chat room, uh, John Keeble had one as well. I remember seeing that tucked in the corner of a studio. But they were good, hideously expensive. But I think my favourite story is that Bill did a demo for Simmons at uh, Frankfurt. And they did it in a, like the equivalent of Kew Gardens. It was a hothouse. And I think he managed to hit it once before it broke down. <laughs> yeah, not so. Well, that seems like a bit of a bad design, seeing as it would be uh, used in gigs and stuff. I've still got my SDS5. Yeah. What colour is it? Uh, well, I've got the rack in the studio here. That's just stainless steel and black. No, but I had black because it never goes out of fashion. Black hexy drums. <laughs> so tell me, when you hit them, did they kind of make a really loud noise? I mean, just mechanically, because they looked like they were made of sort of perspex or something. Yeah, you know? they were riot shield, weren't they? Um, oh, is that what they were made of? F- yeah. Riot Shield plastic from the 80s, of course, where they would have had a lot of surplus Riot Shield stuff. <laughs> it's kind of appropriate for drummers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hit this Riot Shield. Uh, no, and then I had my SDS-5 modified, <laughs> bizarrely enough. I remember going to the Simmons factory, and it was just huge. It was in St. Albans, and it was massive. And they would, they would do this modification where they would just kind of take it away for a week and sort of make out they were doing something really elaborate, and then it just came back with a couple of rubber pads on the top. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming back in, didn't... Um, there was loads of Simmons all over the Portishead album. That um, machine drum is... Um, machine gun, sorry, is all uh, um, Simmons, I think. Lots of Simmons on there. Uh, superb, you see. Chris absolutely loathes them. He had to do the ABWH tour with um, Bruford doing his... What, he, what Chris always describes as a train wreck drum solo. Right. 
And he said, you know, it's just, it was just one dynamic, wasn't it? Sort of 127, and that's it. But actually, I quite like him. And so, as we've said before, they're, they're the one thing that you can probably melt uh, melt speaker cones with, uh, speaker magnets with coils, can't you? Because they've just got so much bottom end. Oh, yeah, the SDS 5s are stunning. Um, oh, I've, I've, got, I've kind of gone off on a rim. Um, have we finished that topic? <laughs> I think we did, didn't we? I can't remember now. Oh, yeah, Mr. Air Drummer. Actually, I was alarmed at the rush because, you know, we bought this OB8 voice thingy and we've been trawling around YouTube sort of finding footage of people using them. We've done Joe Zinal and Chick Career and who's the other one? Oh, Rose Royce. That was cool. Oh, really? And then somebody gave us a rush video today and we were like, ah, ah, ah. And then it turned up on this as well. Well, of course, Rose Royce. Boo, 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 boo. Simmons too, Clark. I'd imagine. <laughs> yes. What a link. If only I had a a link to use. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't. Because the next topic's about the Dell Adamo, which has got nothing to do with um, Simmons or uh, air drums, really. Apart from the fact it's very skinny. And I suppose the link could be that it is, in fact, kind of a, uh, a Mac Airbook type uh, effort. But it does look extremely delicious, you see, the Dell Adamo, um, it's, it's basically a new laptop. It's super skinny. Um, it's got a dual, the, well, the top range, the top of the range one comes in with a whopping 1.4 gigahertz <laughs> Intel Core 2 du- Duo processor and will take four, and has got 400, four gigs of RAM. And I'm just trying to think if you, what would you need four gigs of RAM for? I suppose I need to run Vista. But didn't, did it look nice? Anyone like the look of that? Beautiful. PJ, I can see. Yeah. Do, you, do you think it would work with music? Might just about no. get away with it. You might be able to run uh, one instance of uh, something. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely the executive uh, laptop right there. S- you know, similar to the Mac Air. People yeah. in first class want other people to drool over their laptop. They'll buy that laptop. But you know, I'm, I, it's it's tempting to buy it just to just to show it off. It's be- it's beautiful. I, I actually like the look of it, the aesthetic, better than the Mac Air. I do too. I, and the fact that it's actually made of aluminium, which is kind of a bit of a. You know, it's not plastic as is usual. Yes, these days and real glass, and it just it looks beautiful. I, I want to touch one. I wanted to. I wanted to touch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, steady. This is a family yeah. friendly show. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, two thousand six hundred ninety nine bucks for that one. Wow! Yahoo! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's quite the price tag. Thank a- you, Michael Dell. <laughs> So let's just say we're at a showbiz party, all of us in, individually, okay, you, 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 where you meet Michael Dell or Steve Jobs. You meet at a party. You really hit it off. And in a moment of generosity, uh, either Michael or Steve offers to make you a computer to your own specifications. So you think, yeah, okay, I want a... Who wants to go first? <laughs> Dave. And who would it... I presume it would be Steve Jobs you'd want to... Well, obviously, I'm talking metaphorically because he's not with the company anymore but you know you know what i'm saying yeah it wouldn't be i want a it would be i want you to stop mucking about with stuff and tweaking and adding firewire 400s and then taking it away and giving us 800 and then taking that away and then just knobbing around with things generally and then i'd like to introduce him to um one of our programmers who would probably circumcise him on the spot (laughs) i think he might already have been uh, i think he's already been done a re-circumcision. Yeah. How about just gluing it back on? Yes. <laughs> just to take it off again. With superglue. There is a website for this, apparently. Have you not seen that website? 
What, with yeah. things? No. There's a very bizarre website that was doing the round not so long ago where you could stretch your foreskin and grow it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we get back on topic? Have we officially gotten off topic? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just a little worried about the family-friendly aspect. Um, I'll, ch- I'll check it out later. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes if you can find it for me. <laughs> but I, 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 no, seriously, I mean, I was thinking, because I, 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 love, I love working on the, on the uh, laptop. What I want is a MacBook Pro with, you know, a, a 3 gigahertz quad core. That's what I want. I wonder if it's ever going to happen, though. Hmm. Do you oh, think it's just not? Wow. Didn't Dell make one of those? They made something kind of super, you could buy, but it worked out about five grand or something, but you could actually get a quad core in it and it wasn't exactly portable. It was kind of one of their big chunky ones. But um, like, I like the idea. I just need, I need it. I'm getting to the point. This My Mac is getting sort of tired and, uh, you know, running out of steam. And But there's no, it's, it's only a two gig, but it sort of feels like there's not much point in spending a whole load of money and only going up to a maximum of 2.6 or whatever. Unless I go really spend loads and loads of money and get a, a, an overclocked or two point nine, so I was just w- wondering. I don't know, PJ. What would you? Who would it be? Would it be Michael Dell, or would you say just say to Steve Jobs, "Can you make me a PC, please"? <laughs> Actually, I'd I'd like to get either one of them together with my favorite developers. Uh, you know, Dave Dave's people uh, at the top of the list, and say, "Why don't you, Why don't you create a? Why don't you create an operating system from the ground up that's uh, that's friendly to to these developers, and then build it into a computer shaped like a 1956 Wurlitzer jukebox with a big <laughs> touch screen, so that I can stand at it and and." do what i do okay sounds expensive but i suppose yes. if you're good friends he'll give you a healthy discount as well yeah yeah <laughs> mark well i'm at the other end of the scale here then in terms of size i just bought i bought a, a toshiba netbook which has got an 18 screen on it yeah. 7.9 inch screen it's got an intel atom processor in it and it's really cool. It runs, it costs about £250, yeah. what, $400. Yeah. And it runs, uh, it runs one instance of loops quite happily with a little bit of latency, unfortunately. Um, but what, what I've realized is that now if I sort of have the iPhone in one hand and that computer in the other hand, I like the size of the computer. So what I want is an iPhone in A5 format, okay. A5 paper size format, which is about half letter size, isn't it, for the Americans? Yeah. Um, with a touch screen, but with a fast enough processor to run stuff that I want to do. Is that just a general run stuff? Well, what sort of stuff? Like video what editing? Stuff. Fast <laughs> yeah. enough to yeah, fast enough to do video editing and music. Okay. I've got web albums running on the network, and that works fine, and I can run... I can play video back. I can't do full-screen video editing, obviously. But it's a 1 gigahertz Atom processor, and it's sort of surprisingly fast, actually. So maybe that's because it's running Windows XP, and it's not running Mac OS X no, or it's uh, beca- Vista. So. It's because you've just bought it, and Windows always slows down over time. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean... I, I'm not. I'm not making that up. Am I? I mean, they just get slower. I mean, all computers get slower as they get bogged down. No, in I the think f- you're right. Actually. You, you're just enjoying the shiny new computer smell kind of feel, aren't you? Yeah, I am. But I still would like an A5 format iPhone. It might look a bit daft if I'm on the phone to someone with this huge thing in my ear, but 
know what the hell it could it could be a new the new cool couldn't it new cool giant mobile phone a really size, massive mobile phone that does everything yeah yeah Real, realistically speaking, I, I would like something like uh, what Jeff Han showed at TED a couple of years ago. Oh, what the, gi- the the touch the yeah the giant table. Yeah, yeah, and actually he had it he had it mounted on a wall. I think Jeff Han did, but he was you know wor- working with it. It looked like it was maybe three foot by by a two foot or something like that screen, and that would be perfect for me uh, for the for the visual acuity angle there sure but also just to be able to to be able to manipulate everything in real time with you know multi-touch would be i'm with mark that would be fantastic so you want like a giant iphone the size of the size of a coffee table (laughs) yes okay i think we'll do that well um next time i go to a party and i bump into either of them we'll see what what we can do so now i'm i think this is a good time to introduce our new show sponsor um this is the first time ever we've had more than one show sponsor and that's uh loopmasters loopmasters.com they kind of do uh, i'll read the, i'll read the blurb and then I'll, I'll i'll give you the offer um loopmasters are the number one website and sample cd distributor uh, and they dedicated to bringing you the most inspirational collections of royalty-free sounds and samples uh from some of the top producers worldwide which they do they've got a lot of really big names they're producing stuff uh their collections are available in multiple formats uh and cover all types of music from down tempo, chill out, dance, breakbeats, dance, techno, tra- trance and techno, and drum and bass. Uh, if you need some inspiration for your productions, check out loopmasters.com. And they're doing a special deal with us uh, where they've got uh, about eight, seven to eight hundred megabytes of samples that they're giving away uh, free to uh, listeners of the podcast. Uh, all you have to do is email info at loopmasters.com with the subject of Sonic State VIP. And if you do that, they'll send you a, a coupon code and you can, and instructions of what to do next. So you can get hold of a bunch of stuff from them. So uh, once again, thank you very much to loopmasters.com. Uh, and we hope that uh, this is going to work out for them because it's, you know, the more sponsors, the better to a degree. We don't want to fill up the show, but it's nice to have a couple and uh, it all kind of helps pay the bills. So welcome to loopmasters.com. Hey, that's the first welcome. time I've ever done two live ads as well. I'd like to say. I think the I think it's the use of technology uh, in the form of pieces of paper that I printed out rather than just trying to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the answer. Scripting is always good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think notes are good. Anyway, let's move on to our last topic, which is Depeche Mode, the new album coming out soon. Wrong. This is the single "Wrong." Which has got a really wicked video. Weird horror type video. So that was Wrong, which is going to be out um, April the 20th, I believe, uh, the first single from Depeche Mode. And uh, it's from the album Sounds of the Universe, uh, produced by Ben Hillier. There's a load of YouTube um, videos of them in the studio sort of messing around. They still seem to be getting on pretty well, considering they've been going, uh, was it 30 years or 35 years? 30 years, I think. Did anyone watch that video? Yeah. 
It was uh, really disturbing, wasn't it? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was good. It's sort of very monosynth. I found it odd that they weren't doing their usual pattern of chords. It seems like, I've forgotten what the guitarist's name is, but he's been playing the same four chords for about 20 years and he seems to have suddenly changed. Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe he's found a new chord and that's inspired him to write a whole load of new songs. This is supposed to be a kind of return to form for them, I think, isn't it? The singer also sounded a lot like the NXS singer Michael Hutchins is playing. Hmm... Yeah, but he sort of does anyway, doesn't he? He does that kind of... I, I know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. It really reminds me of... Uh, of the, There was a great album which was called Songs of Faith and Devotion, which I always go on about, which is produced by Flood, which I love. But this one sounds more like mo- lots of monosynths, uh, which is kind of back to the old school days, I guess. I know, Dave, are you a DM fan, or um, or is it sort of not your thing? I don't know, really. I mean, early stuff, no, you can keep it. Later stuff, I think, from Violation onwards has been great. And I've got to say, it does dark really well. Yeah, dark is good with them. Yeah. Dark pesh mode. And I've been, uh, I've looked at some of the pictures of the studio and stuff on, uh, I think it's on Matrix Synth. Mm. And there's some pretty interesting gear there. Steiner Parker, Synthicon, which I have on good authority. is absolutely magnificent. I went to see somebody the other day who had one. And he's going to let me play it when I go back. Oh, I love the look of those. They look fantastic. They look like somebody's made one as a joke, don't they? They look like it's not real and that it can't do everything. But they, yeah, I do like he the said, look of them. He said it's uh, very mini mode like in sound, but you don't lose any um, of the volume when you boost the resonance. So, yeah, I think we're going to give it a pasting. But, yeah, no, impressed. Like it. And uh, I do have some news about this lot and the release of the album, but I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> PJ, De- Depeche Mode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Sounds fantastic. Ballsy. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Pretty- yeah, I thought it was a pretty brave move to put the sound effects in the video, too. Whenever whenever the car would crash into somebody or an object or something like that, there's a, you know, a nice crunch. It it's really good. good. It's really good that, that, that I don't know who did the video, but it's it, you don't quite know what's going on until quite near the end. So it's quite, it's uh, very well, very well uh, paced. Um, but uh, I don't know, Dave. When you were saying um, that it was the the early stuff you could take or leave, I've actually got some because I remember when I was I went on a, a a kind of kids' holiday, and I remember um, I just can't get enough, which I will play a bit of because uh, this is what got me into synthesizers. Vince Clark there again, of course. But squeaky, that's not dark by any stretch of the imagination, is it? <laughs> it's, no. hor- it's, it's, it's almost hor- impossibly jolly, in fact. Pop music. Yes. Patrick yeah. Daughters made the video, apparently, according to Sensian in the chat room. Uh-huh. Uh, who I don't know who that is, actually. I've never, never heard of him, but uh, it looks like maybe he's a horror film director or something like that. Well, we've run out of topics. Shall we stop now? Oh, is that it? Well, it sort of is. Sorry, guys. I hate to disappoint you. I know you're in the <laughs> chat room because it's going so well. The audio is working fine. We've got two sponsors. I mean, I don't know what we could say. You know, what, what can I say? It's, it's, it's going so well. I don't know how it can be bettered. I've stopped allegedly driving and I've arrived at Two Hill Maze in Bedfordshire. Okay. Thanks. We are now going to walk into a maze. All right. So you better stay on the line in case you get lost. Have you got GPS? I like <laughs> Well, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to cheat, and I'm going to look on my iPhone on Google Maps. So oh. oh, it's 
Sorry. It's, Mark, you're going to have to hang up. It's too windy. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, Will, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that wind. No, wind... wind it, was, and, it was better wind. in the car, wasn't it? It was a little bit. It's more of a sort of uh, shut um, shut environment. But yeah, it does seem like um, Shoutcast has held up in the chat room, so we're looking forward to maybe doing that next week. Although next week I'm going to be mostly on a plane to Frankfurt, so we're going to have to skip a week. Uh, we'll be back for it next week. Uh, and like I say, thanks to Mark Tinley uh, very much for joining us and uh, making himself available. Uh, Mark Tinley can be found at aspergineering.com. Thank you very much, Mark. You're very welcome. And in fact, if you think about it, if I ran the Skype end of it, you could use one of those plain plane phones. <laughs> we could uh, we could get you on the plane. Oh, that's true. It's not a very long flight, though, is it? Well, we'll see. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Have a lovely time at the maze. I'm going to hang up now in case the wind gets to you. But um... okay, bye. <laughs> And, uh, well, uh, PJ, thank you for joining us too. It's uh, nice that you could be with us. Um, we were a little depleted this week, but we managed to pull it together at the last minute. PJ Tracy course, pjtracymusic.com. My pleasure. And I wanted to mention Sunday uh, here in Minneapolis, I went to see uh, a fantastic show at the very inventively named Orchestra Hall. Uh, it was a, a choral performance, so a, a large choir, about 400 people. And the composer's name was Eric Whitaker. It was a, a kind of a retrospective of things that he's done over the past 10, 15 years. And anybody who is into choral music and is not familiar with Eric Whitaker, I, I highly suggest that you check him out. It's uh, awe-inspiring, transcendent okay. music. We will. Well, thanks for that tip, PJ. Uh, thanks. And uh, Dave Spears uh, also can be found at g4software.com. Uh, where you will be mostly, I suppose, because you're not going to be at Mesa. But um, you can always watch what we're doing at uh, sonicstate.com forward slash news. I will. Said plugging it as much as possible. I'm not sure what we're going to get there, but we should get some good super booth action. Um, So uh, at the very least, but I know there's going to be some other stuff there. But Dave, thank you very much for joining us also this week. Thank you. And um, yeah, a slightly shorter show this week, but um, I think it went very well. (laughs) <laughs> everybody take a bow or something <laughs> keep them wanting more okay uh, and just like to say once again thank you very much to our uh, sponsors roland.co.uk forward slash phantom g if you want to go and check out the phantom ga and also if you want to um, get some loop masters a loop action uh, send an email with the subject sonic state vip to info at loopmasters.com that's info at loopmasters.com that was sonic state Sonic Talk number 123. Thanks for listening. I was marching to the wrong drum, the wrong scum, missing out the wrong.